0: You are now listening to The Big Data Beard. This is our podcast where we explore the trends, technology, and talented people making big data a big deal. Be sure to stay tuned to the end of our show for a special message from our team. We are at the Spark and AI Summit in... Lovely San Francisco, nice break from the heat. Uh, I don't know if it's hit you guys in North Carolina yet, the uh, staggering summer heat, but the uh, the breeze out here is pretty okay.
1: Yeah, yeah it's pretty nice. Um, Humidity is just starting to set in back home, so this is a good break. Yeah,
0: it's pretty okay. So I'm joined by my uh, co-host, Kyle Prince. Hello. How you doing, brother? Um, and we are uh, glad to have some gentlemen from the SAS Institute that are uh, here talking about conversational AI, and I think they're going to tell us a little bit about natural language processing and chatbots. So, Ben and Andre, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. So, Ben, I know you've been around SaaS for a while. Andre, you're the expert. You've been here at SaaS for how long now? It's been uh, hit four months last er, last week. All right, perfect. So, we're going to leave all the hard questions to you. (laughs) Great. So, Ben, tell us a little bit about what you do for SaaS.
1: Yes, I've been at SaaS for about 14 years, Okay, um, and I'm a principal software developer, I worked on quite a few different projects um, from some of our software that manages the servers that we do to um, a product called SAS Drug Development. And right now I'm actually working on a new um, product where we're going to allow our customers to actually use natural language to build chatbots to interact with all the um, analytics that SAS has to offer.
0: Okay. Excellent. So I want to get to chatbots and this natural language thing in a second, but Andre, you've, you've joined SAS recently. Great background. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I
2: joined SAS in February, and um, I'm on a team that works a lot with with Ben, and it's it's kind of this ad hoc team, and, and Ben's being kind of modest. He works on projects that comes from the top and says, hey, we think this is cool. Can somebody do that? They reach out to Ben. Um, so I'm on that team, kind of like the the data science arm of that team, where he's the engineer arm, and um, we really just try to work together to, to build cool products for SAS.
0: Excellent. So, you know, SAS is obviously a, an enormous company with a ton of history and, and experience in the analytics space, but it's, it's probably not the first company that people think about when they think about, you know, some of these modern analytics use cases and natural language processing. Certainly not something that's the first thing to my mind. Why is that? Why is SAS now starting to show up in these places where they probably already were? But why are, why are we starting to see it more and more? What's going on at SAS?
1: I think that's a great question. And and we've actually heard that before um, at different conferences of we didn't know SAS was doing this. Yeah. And the answer always is, well, SAS has been doing this. And so what we're trying to do now is actually get that message out more and more. And our current platform, the SAS via platform, um, really brings that um to the front because we are now open to more open source and third party pieces. And so now we're finding ourselves in more of these spaces where we can talk about not only what SaaS does great, but also you can bring in the other parts that you might need from other parts of your business to now add to that platform. So we're really trying to get that message out of, yes, we're doing all these things that everybody says are new and cool and whatever, but we're also going to allow you to bring in some of those new and cool things to work with what SAS has been doing for the last 40-plus years.
0: That's awesome. So so clearly SAS has a heritage in the structured analytics world, applying mathematics at scale in really interesting ways, but this natural language processing problem seems like a kind of an interesting one. Help me understand why, kind of in the state of analytics today, why is natural language processing so important?
2: I, yeah, it's a good question. So I think... A lot of companies, whether they know it or not, they contain a lot of unstructured data. So whether it's surveys, responses that we haven't labeled as this is a good response or this is a a negative response, but but also things like product descriptions, that there's teams that are writing content for individual products, like whether it's a shoe or a t-shirt, all of that is unstructured data. Now, when you as a user go and view that product, we make some type of assumption that you've read that description or something in that description is... Um, Is tying you or or there's a relationship in why you viewed it to that product and what nlp tries to do and 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 just learning text in general is Okay, can we make sense of that text and and either drive topics or add some labels to it that we can um,
0: Derive some value from what you're reading, right? So let me bring some ask a question for clarity because in my mind when I think nlp I don't immediately think written text I think, spoken text. Is that, a, is, that a, is, is that not true? So natural language applies to both written and audible allowed text, or I uh, should say speech?
1: Uh, yeah. So what we actually do is um, we, we tend to actually draw a line from the speech and the text part. Okay. So what we'll do is we might say, and, and SAS is coming out with a new service um, soon, that's going to do speech to text. Uh, but what we really try to do is actually process it once it is text. So we take, whether it's spoken or written either way, we're going to translate it to text and then work on it from there. That's where the analytics gotcha. are going to come in. At Which tool.
0: makes makes sense because then you're actually providing some structure to an audio file that's probably more easily used in the analytics context. Okay. That makes, that helps me understand. So when we talk about natural language processing, I have all this text and it is unstructured and I'm trying to find meaning in it. Like where does somebody start? Like when, when a customer says, I want to, I want to I want to figure out how to use all this great unstructured data. How does somebody start doing that process? I, I think it can start really easily.
2: Usually surveys, because they're expensive, you're not talking about a lot of rows of data. So one way to just start is, okay, if um, on question one we asked 100 people, you could bring in 100 responses. You could do that in Excel really easily yep. and bring that data in to whatever your data management platform is that, that you're using and, and essentially... Um, maybe maybe just count how often each of those words are used mm-hmm. right So the is a word like you can create a matrix as how often is the word the used? How often is the word easy used right okay. There's a lot of words that we want to get rid of that don't okay. mean anything and then each of those words have classifications in terms of a sentiment maybe. Yeah, okay yeah, exactly and, and then and we can derive topics um, that maybe several words combine together and we say, hey, this topic typically has a positive sentiment. Okay. Um, so we can drive sentiment or we can drive topics, and, and those go hand in hand as well. Um, but. It, th-
0: Typically, that's probably where I would start. Okay. Um, so surveys. So what's the, so what's the are use easy. cases? So I know we're going to talk about chatbots. I don't want to get into that and how, how those are interesting because that's fun. But what are the number, like the big use cases that organizations are coming to you as, uh, you know, we always, we always hear about interesting tech at conferences like this. But the thing that I think is always interesting is, okay, but what are we using it for? Like what's the business outcome we're trying to drive? So when you guys get invited into customers, what are the business outcomes that they're trying to drive with natural language processing?
2: So that's a good question. So one of the projects that I recently worked on was with a, um, like, uh, like the hotels industry, hospitality industry, and they had a lot of reviews and they wanted to know what drives these reviews to be positive or negative. So we're talking about sentiment again. And, um, a lot of companies are focused on, we want the best customer experience. Well, what does that mean? How does that quantify to positive? And there's typically, we can extract those topics from these reviews. And we found things like easy, close to restaurant, um, um comfortable clean now you actually have like tangible words that say like okay we can we can make action off of these to to improve our customer experience because we've derived that from reviews that were labeled as positive or four stars five stars yeah and we can go that route
3: so talking a little bit about sentiment analysis uh, you know you're playing off of words but uh, how would sarcasm play into this as well uh, you know says with,
0: the sarcastic guy on the team yeah
3: <laughs> just wanting to see where i would rank within this you know so yeah, it's sarcasm. Is that tough to score on a sentiment analysis? or?
2: It, it, yeah, it can be because, so where we're talking about AI, like for me, the difference in in AI, and I think it's been spoken in some of the the other topics where is the context around the things said, right? So like, not only like, can you provide a command and answer, but it's the context around that, that that makes AI AI. And in, in that sense, we would want, to understand the context is if somebody's saying like, "Hey, this hotel was bad" or "this hotel was badass," right? Like, <laughs> That's like a, two different things. Those are two completely different right. things, and we need to try to understand the context of what what's being said there. So, yeah, is it difficult? Yeah, it is. Um, and and some of that is seeing what the model outputs, and and kind of combing through that just to give a sanity check, the the, the human element, and saying oh, this word actually means this and tweaking those models. Okay. So it's a
0: blend of you got to have context, but you also have, so there has to be some psychological understanding of speech patterns in the the audience. And those probably aren't consistent across languages or cultures, I would guess either, right?
2: Yeah, languages, cultures. Yeah,
0: exactly. Natural language. So what are the challenges in trying to implement natural language processing that your software platform is helping address? So I think um, it
1: depends on what, kind of level you're or what angle you're trying to come at it from from the natural language uh, processing we're talking about specifically for like for chatbots what we're trying to do is we're trying to give people tools to say okay i i know some things that my users are going to try to say try to do through a chatbot or whatever and what we want to do is allow you to then kind of bring those all together into one single like intent Right, Because we're going to all say different things, but we're really all trying to come to that same one conclusion, whatever it is. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to build um, nice, uh, let's say, easily approachable UIs, essentially, for you to go in and say, okay, these are all the things that people are going to say, let me highlight some words of parts of why I think this is important or why it's not. Yeah. And then you go underneath the covers and build a model for me. Okay. So I don't have to necessarily have a data scientist come in and do it for me because I understand what people are going to say, maybe have transcripts from other calls and things like that. So I can just go in and type them, highlight the words, and then underneath the cover, SAS is doing the real work of the machine learning to actually build you a model to understand gotcha. what people are trying to get to. And, gotcha. and I
2: think that's a really good point. It's kind of what you were mentioning earlier. And I think everybody has this question of, how do you even get started? Yeah, right. SaaS has a long history of like, hey, we have a lot of smart people that can do the data science. We've got a lot of great people that can build the front end. We'll give you, we'll guide you through this analytics process and make it easy for you to to derive value and and for for um, actionable insights there. Um, so th- that's where Ben comes in to try to really work with these data science groups and say, hey, you plug in these few things and mm-hmm. then we'll do the rest under the covers and we'll provide you know, actual insights for you. you
0: So when you, when you think about bringing on a a natural language use case where you're bringing in large amounts of text, whether it's again for customer reviews or surveys, something like that, does it present technical challenges in terms of how you store and manage and process that data that's unique to, that's unique to text or unique to speech that maybe we don't see in other places? And if so, what are those challenges?
2: One challenge that I could think of that I've, that I get asked all the time is social media data and like bringing in Twitter data. So, when you bring it in, you have a lot of characters and things that are, are meaningless. People on, on Twitter say whatever they want, however it's they want. Endless stream they use their own acronyms and hashtags. Internet fire
0: garbage, I know. Exactly.
2: That's the best way to put it. So, um, me, as, as I'm trying to d- derive some type of insight from that text, yeah. it becomes very difficult. Like RT, what does that mean? Well, the robot, okay, let's remove you gotta RT. Train it. Yeah, or, or train it or or, or create some category and say, hey, this is a retweet and it may be valuable for us later on. Yeah. Um, But that type of data is difficult to work with, and um,
0: it's not well thought out and written like maybe a review might be. Okay. Interesting. So so when we think about how you, you, you bring it in, right, you're doing something. If you're bringing text in, you're probably going to apply some machine learning against it to understand what you might use it for, what the sentiment might be. But then you're trying to build models that, with most analytics, what we're trying to do is find some indicator of some action, right? Catch someone or something in the act of doing something, affect the outcome, that kind of thing. So how are chatbots helping take what we're learning in speech patterns, in language, how is that helping us apply that knowledge, that analytics back into a a business outcome?
1: And I think that's a perfect place for chatbots to be. Uh, Because when we come into some of these situations, uh, you might have analytics behind the scenes that understand or can predict ridiculous things. And there might be some really smart guys on your team, data scientists who understand how to run those models and how to interact with them to get back out that answer. The problem is the user with the input may not necessarily understand what that is and how it works. They could say it in a sentence or a couple of sentences or something like that, But what they really want is for you to take those sentences, running some, figure out how to go run whatever model it is, and give them a couple sentences back. And that's what Chatbot's all about, is taking that natural language input running some analytics in the background that somebody's decided, okay, because you asked about this, this is how I'm going to run that. And then giving you back that answer again, in a way that you can consume it. It's just not yeah. a bunch of random numbers, which may be great for a data scientist, right. but you're talking about a business user or something like that. They're going to want a natural language um, response back so they can then right. act on that.
0: So I've seen chatbots in action. A lot of times the number, the first place I, I think that I'm was conscious that I was seeing that was in customer support scenarios, right? Which is where you you type into a search query or you're in a chat window that pops up. You type in your question, what can I help you with or whatever, and then it has these automated levels of response. But chatbot, that, that's a, that seems like a pretty, um, a pretty basic chatbot idea. What are the more advanced things that people are doing with chatbots? Like, how are they... Is it just for that customer side, or is there ways that you're using natural language to go do other application ag- integration?
1: So I think... Um well, first of all, that, that experience you have um, on technical support or customer service sites, they can get more complicated if you're willing to put the time into building the chatbot to do that. Yep. I think a lot of times what's done in those scenarios is you pick your top 50 questions that you want answered. Mm-hmm. You get somebody to click a whole bunch of buttons, and if they get to an answer, great. If they don't, then you pass them all to a person. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's but it, Exactly, <laughs> right? You might have freed that person up a little bit because they weren't you know, having to go figure out all those 50 you know, answers first. Um, but it, that still is a valid use case. Right. Another thing we talk about, though, is something like um, conversational BI, okay. right? So I, wanna, I have data, I'm a business analyst, I have data, and it's loaded in the right places and all that great stuff but I don't necessarily know how to interact with it. I don't know exactly what's in there or anything like that, but I have questions I want to ask about it. Right. And so can I use a chatbot to ask those questions, and the system goes and figures out the answers. It looks for the insights for me automatically, brings them back. I'm okay. like, oh, okay, I see that insight. Now let me drill in on that.
0: So like, if, if let's say it's an analyst that maybe doesn't understand how to write SQL select statements right, or qu- query statements. So you're saying that there's the chatbot's use case could be Ask a question in, in your natural language, the way you would just ask a question, spoken or written, and translate that into a query or a, an analytics use case. Uh,
1: absolutely, okay. and, and we actually are working on services now that do um, exactly that. Right, it, it, we're building the the service to actually do the work of I asked about these three different columns in some table. Go. You know, build me a graph or something and tell me what it is. Um, And then we're putting the chatbot on top of that to call that service and leverage it. And then based on how you're moving through a conversation, building up context. If I talked about this column, that column, then I put some other query parameter if I want, you know, 2017 versus 2018, building that context, the user is just seeing, you know, one sentence in or two sentences in, one sentence out, two sentences out. But we're building that context behind them. And so they're getting farther and farther into that data, doing more and more complex things, mm-hmm. but without them having to understand exactly what it's doing
0: right. underneath the covers. Yeah, the human mind is capable of a lot of complexity. Even though we may not be able to articulate it really well, the brain is pretty it's a pretty good little machine. So it's interesting to how you can connect, you know, end users who maybe don't have the technical experience, but that that understand the context of what they're trying to do. I like that use case. Now, one of the things that's come up a bunch here this week is uh, which is not one that I usually thought about first off, which is chatbots are, at the end of the day, they're a, they're an algorithm or a, a piece of software that's built on training against some data set, maybe some known responses, what good looks like in this scenario. Are, are you able to hack those things? Like, is there a security concern in, in chatbots that, that people can mess with them in a, in a way such that either one, ruins the chatbot, or two, expo- the chatbot can be used as an entry point for a, an attack? Um, so actually, I saw it. A-
1: talk here um, about that, of where you could actually go in and do exactly that. And if you have your model where it's constantly retraining and people just happen to know, well, if I, even though it's not responding correctly, I just constantly say this over and over again, sooner or later, it's going to think that's a real thing to care about. Um, so I think it depends on how you've actually programmed the chatbot itself, right? Yeah. So if you're putting it out there online and just going to let it learn as it goes, absolutely, that's a problem. Right. Um, Now we're not doing that so much right now. We're trying to um, have it more focused on what our customers really would like to deal with. Right. And so they have more control over it and it's not going to wander off and start answering random questions and things like that. Um, But again, I think it goes back to your use case. I mean, what are you really trying to do with your chat bot? If you're trying to get one that's just trying to learn um, as it talks, then, yes, that's definitely going to be a problem. And then sooner or later, you're going to probably end up um, in a place that you don't want to be. Like, um, the, uh,
0: is it possible to have a chatbot conversation without somebody bringing up the Microsoft uh, uh, right. Twitter chatbot? Exactly, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that thing went, speaking of internet trash fires, it used the, it basically was going out and reading a bunch of Reddit you know subreddit pages and which is a great start which is where all fine red blooded americans express only their most wholesome opinions uh, and it started exposing all of this like racist misogynistic like responses that were really not appropriate that's my number one concern with chatbots. is so so there's that there's
2: also think of any of these companies that have had like a data breach or some type of security issue imagine somebody trying to interact with that chatbot and asking about hey what is this data leak like you need to put strong rules in place to say if asked anything around this context like for social engineering purposes this is the only answer you can apply we are currently in legal and we cannot disclose this right you know i um I know those are concerns as well as people want information or, or reporters want to know information about stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, w- when you give your talk today, are you going to be providing like best practices for how somebody can can get started with chatbots? Are you going to be talking more about the SaaS platform as it relates to natural language? Like, what's the the theme of your talk here for Spark?
1: So, yeah, we're going to start out with just some background on SaaS because, back mm-hmm. to, we talked about in the beginning, of some people may not understand SaaS is doing this for sure. You no, know, makes sense. Uh, but what? I'm actually going to be focusing on the most is demoing the new software that we're coming out with, okay. which is going to allow our users to use those user interfaces to go in and build a chatbot. And we're actually going to construct just a little bit of a chatbot. We're going to show you how you could call um, open source or third-party pieces like Spark mm-hmm. through your chatbot, then actually run an example of one on a, a website that I've created that's basically allows you to register for a class and kind of walk okay. through a conversation of what that would look like as a person. So you can see, okay, this is what the person's actually doing, and the reason the chatbot's responding to that is because of this other thing we built over here. Okay, um, And so we're going to be kind of walking through that process to kind of show the, the um, capabilities that we're looking towards, uh, that we're hoping to get into our customers' hands
0: um, soon, and
1: try to get some feedback on that.
0: Okay. So you talked about demos. Is there like a number one favorite like chatbot demo or that something that you've either built or that you're a fan of?
1: Well, um, Uh, So unfortunately, uh, given our our time we haven't had a chance to do too many of those. Yeah, Right. So totally get that, <laughs> It's yeah. really all about, so we have this use case, we're going to this conference, we need to make sure we can show something there. Absolutely. Right, and so we're also getting um, a lot of uh, inquiries within SAS of, oh, we heard y'all are doing chatbots, why don't you come build one for us? Yeah. You know, we're tech support, why don't we have one? We're HR, why don't we have one? You know, all these other things. So we haven't had the chance to do some, some really fun things, yeah. which we know we can, and we see it, it's yeah. right there, but we just can't get past the you know requests for i want a demo of this or i want you to go to that conference right. or stuff totally like that totally get that
0: so you're not you so you're saying if i were to ask you f- to build us a chatbot that's probably not going to happen tomorrow okay i get that we although we stickers say, yeah we yeah. Got, we'll trade you stickers oh we like yeah. stickers one thing yeah. we've actually been doing actually for the partially for the purpose of like eventually again we we tinker we like to build things and play with these open source technologies and proprietary technologies one thing we've been doing is since about episode I don't know, episode 10 or 12, yeah, right um, there. we started uh, using the the Google speech recognition API to, to transcribe all of our episodes. So this little thing you're, you're uh, recording through, it has individual tracks. And so I can pick out each of our tracks, put your name on it. So we actually have the transcripts we've been publishing those json files of all of our transcripts into github and so I'm, I'm wondering like if at some point there's a way that we could uh i don't know automate <laughs> automate podcast production it's or, your
3: favorite <clears throat> most used word well
0: uh, yeah that's the that's the one bad thing is like i'm kind of afraid to find out what are the words that i lean on too much because i'm real bad about like I, I don't like passing words especially if you're in a presentation you know somebody says um or yeah right or you know It bugs me. Okay, so not building a chatbot, that's cool. Um, When you think about, like, what's next for SaaS uh, in this space, like in natural language from a data science perspective, what are the things that you're excited to go do next? I know you got some development work that you're doing, but what are, like, the the trends that you're looking to help drive SaaS towards?
2: Yeah, I I think for me, one of the things that brought me to SaaS, like I said four months ago, was um, how they were making this big push to be open. And... um, you know, like I said before, SAS, I didn't really have SAS programming experience or any of that. But I, what I'm really excited about and I, and I saw um, I have a colleague that works at SAS that's brilliant. And he um, showed me a lot of the Jupyter notebooks that he was, you know, writing Python calling SAS. Right. And um, I was really excited to see that work. So um, and then specifically where I'm excited, where, where SAS is moving um, and has a lot of great applications already, is in the deep learning space. Yep. Um, I find it fascinating, uh, the architectures that you can set up, the problems that
0: you can solve. Um, and that's that's really where I'm ex- excited for it to go. Yeah. Interesting. So one, one I want to pick your brain about, because one of the areas of, like, where I see technologies kind of coming together or the the lines blurring, if you will, is... You know, there's this there's this talk a lot at the tech conferences around AR and VR, right? How do I give users the ability to interact with a business process or a an environment differently? And one of the things that's a key challenges that we that we hear when people are trying to figure out this AR VR adoption thing is the disaggregation of the user and the keyboard, right? So it's hard. You think about it, right? If you're if you're in AR, it's not easy to have a keyboard context. It seems to me like natural language processing and analytics in that space would be the natural, like, best use case for those, or it might be one of the long poles in the tent for companies applying AR. Because think about it, right? If you guys were visualizing SAS data in an AR environment, how cool would it be that somebody could just ask those questions like you kind of alluded to earlier have you, have you guys thought about that? Is that a trend that's, that's picked up in, in talks yet? So we have done some—not
1: us personally—but we have done some, not us personally, but we have done some um, VR stuff at SAS, mm-hmm. and it's for visualizing obviously these large data um, sets and data problems. And, and I completely agree that I think natural language and you know voice, voice to text, and all that great stuff is a perfect way to do that, yeah. right? Because you're going to be looking at it and you're going to want to ask a question immediately. You don't want to be using your hands or anything like that. It's yeah. just,
0: I see something, I want to ask a question. Swinging a lightsaber in AR is not going to solve that problem, right? right? exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, tell me more about that or what's that red bar over there mean or something like that. And I think that's a great use of natural language. And I agree, I think it's a great place where you can bring those together and really uh, make that experience more natural, yeah. right? Because that's what you're going to want to do. You're going to look at it, you're going to talk about it. You're not going to want to have to Figure out how to click on some random button that's in the air or whatever
0: that is. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a
1: great space to be in, um, and I hope we have a chance to actually do
0: yeah, that. That'd be very cool. Yeah. It's it's funny the, the 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 whole idea of giving computers the ability to not only comprehend language but actually then provide it back to you. I mean, that's the whole that's the computer evolution thing that I think makes AI maybe creepier <laughs> than anything else. But it's uh, it's certainly one of the interesting areas of innovation. So, guys, we appreciate you being on. I want to switch gears here. Um, appreciate you talking about kind of what sas is doing and and obviously as a as an evolution of a company has gone from you know the company that kind of started in this analytics space before most others were really doing it and has absolutely remained relevant but it's also embracing this uh, open source culture that's very cool to hear
2: we've learned a lot from our guests about big data but now it's time to get a bit personal in a segment we like to call rapid fire pew pew
3: First question, what year will Skynet go online?
1: Oh, that's going to be in 2030. 2030? Yeah, yeah. Any Pretty specific reason? Um, I have no idea why. I like it. Though. <laughs> it, seems, it seems good. I like it. Andre?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'll go a little bit higher, so 2032. Okay. <laughs> All
3: right. What is the last great book you read?
1: <laughs> well, I don't know if it actually counts, but um, I'm reading Harry Potter to my daughter right now. I mean, I've read it before, but she's on the first one right now, so... That's probably as close as I've gotten actually reading a full book is reading to her.
3: I like it. Good for you. Andre?
2: Mine's a little bit more boring. Um, the hands on machine learning and scikit learn and TensorFlow.
3: Oh, uh, Thomas Henson, I think, has been reading that yeah. one too. It's, yeah. it's
2: a phenomenal book.
3: Awesome. It's from our friends at uh, O'Reilly, right? That's right. Yeah. We like them.
2: Martha Doesn't Say Sorry is also a good book that I read to my three year old. <laughs> Which one? Martha Doesn't Say Sorry. Martha Doesn't Say Sorry. Okay. Yeah, my my three year old should doesn't have say a sorry. kid's book recommendation.
0: A lot of us are parent, you know, get parents. It's something young like that. Martha Doesn't Say Sorry. I'm writing that down. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Uh, what genre of music are you currently listening to?
1: So I'm actually um, kind of a hard rock. Um, a fan, and actually stuff from um, when I was back in in high school. So the uh, late '90s and early 2000s is really
0: what I listened to the most. All right, well, like Sugar Ray. <laughs> no, okay, it's not right. like that. I just had to pick something uh, from that era that is just not what you're probably into.
3: <laughs> no, it's Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there we go.
2: Yeah. All right, Andre. It, mine depends on the occasion, um, it, but it's either like um, trap or heavy metal um like the or trap. or there 80s or 90s alternative yeah Um. so when you're writing
0: yeah. when you're writing code do what which one do you do, do you it's, it's
2: usually trap or 90s alternative something that's moving a little bit faster yeah i like yeah. that
0: or relaxed
3: <laughs> yeah keeps you focused right uh all right ben what piece of technology is currently making your life worse
1: Ooh, making my life worse. Uh, it's interesting because um, it might actually be Alexa or um, Google Home, which oh, really? is not what I should say as you a have Cat both bot person. Them? I do have both of them. Okay. Uh, and it goes back to my daughter as to why it's making my life worse, uh, because she has no problem asking for any random song that she wants to hear, and it plays over and over and over again. Ooh. And I I just don't want to go turn it off because it break her little heart, but <laughs> yeah.
0: How old's your daughter?
1: Uh, so she's five. She'll turn six in like
2: six weeks.
0: Okay, excellent. That's the same wow. age as my daughter.
2: Andre, um, I I mine similar. It's probably my phone because my kids get on it all the time, and um, and and they just like my my son asks a lot of Pokemon Go questions. <laughs> oh no! And just like he starts to make stuff up. Like yeah. there's a Charizard 3.0. I'm like oh, that doesn't exist. <laughs> I, I, man, he can't defeat every Pokemon. I don't know where you got that information. <laughs> Um, or what you're learning in
0: school, <laughs> This has led to some a machine learning book.
3: <laughs> <laughs> sure, this has led to some heated debates at home, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: He has to take his phone back and look it up on the internet. <laughs> <That's>
3: <laughs> <right>. <laughs> is there really one of these things? I'll tell you, my, my two-and-a-half-year-old nephew has realized that he can say, Alexa, happy, know it, oh, and she'll yeah. play
1: oh. See, that's the problem. Yeah,
3: I, and he'll show well, up better for two or the- three hours and that's played for probably good so the one thing you got to
0: be mindful of though is that if you uh you can you can enable purchases or because there was a story i read on uh on somewhere i read it but it was like a dad didn't he didn't realize it and his daughter realized that she could ask it to send like ask alexa to send her uh like princess castles and literally spent like a thousand dollars on toys and they showed up and he's like what in the world and his daughter's like alexa send me cookies That's, oh my gosh yeah so be careful of what the tools that you enable it's mm-hmm. fantastic <laughs>
3: well to stem off of that i guess uh <laughs> what is your biggest money pit
0: <laughs> oh um so
1: we actually just bought a new house well now it's been a year and somehow the outside like the um landscaping and let's get a porch and all this other mess i i don't have any idea how my wife is spending all this money on all this stuff it's happening actually right now Maybe because I'm not there. It's probably better Um, that you're not there. So, yeah, that's definitely where it is. It's all in the backyard somehow. It'll be lovely when you're done. I'm sure. (laughs) Andre?
2: Um... I would say food. Like I, I feel like we just waste money on food all the time. Like we could eat a lot less <laughs> and not go out to eat for everything um, and make everything an occasion. So yeah. yeah.
3: impulse purchasing at the grocery store has been the uh, bane of my that's yours? That, oh. Yeah, We
2: would save money if we went to the
0: grocery store. That, I think that's the problem. Oh, like nice. We have to eat all the time. <laughs> it's just easier. You don't have to clean the kitchen. Right. Everybody gets what they want. It's it's delightful. It's a little problem. nice, you
3: know? So, uh, you guys are out here for San Francisco for work. Are you guys going anywhere super interesting soon for work or play? Or
1: um, I don't think I'm doing anything. Um, do some family vacations coming up, but I don't have any other work things or anything. So where do you vacation planned.
0: out of Cary? Is there like a local?
1: So uh, my family goes up to a lake that's about an hour north, uh, Car Lake, right on oh. the border with uh, Virginia. Okay. And so we try to get up there. Basically, every weekend during the summer. Really? not oh, too wow. busy. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so really in the Blue forward Ridge Mountains area, isn't it? Uh, not that way. Just oh, okay. straight north. Oh, straight north. Just okay, straight great. north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm
2: looking forward to that That season nice. getting started. Car Lake. Very cool.
1: Incredible. Andre?
2: We usually have a beach trip, and, and we've done one of those this year. That was right off the coast um, at Bald Head Island, I think it's called. Yep. And, um, that was fantastic. And, but we'll, we'll definitely do a Disney trip sometime this year. I I love Disney. Yeah. I know it's massively crowded, but I I love the
0: experience and it's a little nostalgic for me. So I want to, I want to, this shameless plug. So are you guys familiar with the Disney data analytics conference? I have not heard of that one. So uh, that's a conference. Sounds like a good write-off though. It is. So (laughs) get this, right. Uh, I think they're expecting like 1500 attendees this year. It's at the cosmopolitan or the contemporary resort, it's called the Disney Data and Analytics Conference. It's a ton of Disney folks, but it's also, and I actually think SAS may be a sponsor. I was just like I'm that pretty up. sure they are. But you might check it out because it's got some incredible folks there presenting there. Yeah, SAS is yeah, a sponsor. SAS
3: is a platinum sponsor. Yeah,
0: platinum sponsor. So we're going, and we've got, so we've got, we're giving away a free pass. So if you want to attend, we'll, we'll, we'll just send you the instructions. I'll actually be in the show notes for this show. Um, but if you do want to buy a pass, we actually have a promo code that can save you 400 bucks off the conference pass. So Yeah, let's wow. do that. Come, come I like meet that it. the, in the I think it's the end of August. The exact dates yes. are in our show notes. Uh, but it'd be a great time. Great great chance to hang out. We're actually going to be recording there uh, as well. Ben, ben has a
2: – his daughter is, like you said, five, and she, he has not taken her to Disney World yet. Yeah. We were talking about that last
0: night, actually, so – yeah, I'm still I think we to should it, go do man. that one, Ben. I'm More still chat, fighting though. it. I'm still fighting it. But Disney it... Analytics Conference. you see yeah. dad goes to sessions, learn about AI, machine learning, do that kind of stuff. And then you spend a couple extra days there and go enjoy it with the kids. They get get them tuned up or maybe they meet you at the end of it or the beginning. See, come on. Huh. It's a magical it's a place. <laughs> it's the most magical <laughs> data conference.
1: Okay, what show are you currently binging on? Um, So let's see, what did I just finish? Um, oh, so I actually, my wife and I, are, we're late to the game, but on billions, um, which I think is on Showtime or HBO, one of those, trying to catch up on that. Um, of course, I'm waiting around for Game of Thrones to come back whenever that. Big game of Thrones will time. never come back. Yeah. 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 Westworld. Yes, absolutely. I was just about to mention that. Um, I think I'm an episode two behind right now, though. Um, so no spoilers. Yeah. yeah um, keep it quiet. But yeah, definitely Westworld.
2: Um, yeah. Nice.
3: Very cool, Andre.
2: We we just finished the the last season of Suits that's okay. on that was available on Amazon. Yeah, um, I think everybody's waiting for Game of Thrones, uh, Silicon Valley. Oh, that's a good
0: one. Yeah, yep. um, a lot of a uh, lot of not hot dog references this oh, week. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> not <laughs> uh, hot dog. I'm
3: surprised <laughs> it hasn't shown up as a sticker yet
0: that's true i did see it actually a dude literally had that like the the picture from that scene in his presentation yesterday which was pretty pretty exciting
3: love it (laughs) uh so uh last question where can we find you guys on the internet
0: oh
1: the internet um so on linkedin definitely okay um my twitter right now is currently just personal
2: twitter um so but definitely look me up on linkedin okay uh, I, I got rid of my Facebook and Instagram I'm back in school. So that was a, a, a time suck for me. So um, LinkedIn is probably the best place for me. It's the only place that I'm pretty active on. Yeah. Well, we appreciate mm-hmm. you
0: guys being on the show. This is fun to chat about uh, natural language processing. Certainly the folks, um, the slides from your presentation, they're going to put those all on the conference website, I'm guessing, right? Uh, they're supposed to, yeah. Yeah, excellent. So we'll, we'll send a link out to those as soon as they post. Oh, great. We, we wish you the best of luck this afternoon. Knock them dead. And thanks for being on the Big Data of Your Podcast. Thanks right, a lot, guys. guys great thanks, stuff. guys.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a reminder, Disney's Data Analytics Conference is only a few months away, taking place in Orlando, Florida on August the 28th and 29th. This is one of the premier data analytics conferences and a must attend for all data analytics practitioners and enthusiasts. Not only is there an all-star lineup of speakers and sessions, but come on, it's Disney! The Big Data Beard team is a sponsor this year, and we are offering one lucky listener the chance for a free pass to the conference. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or review one of our podcast episodes on iTunes or Google Play, and you'll be entered into the contest. We will announce the winner on July the 10th.
2: Thanks for listening to the Big Data Beard podcast.